Welcome to a new episode of the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. This week we're featuring a Q&A from the 59th New York Film Festival with Bell director Mamoru Hosoda, moderated by NYFF programmer Rachel Rosen, and translated by Mikey McNamara. In his densely beautiful, eye-popping, animated spectacle, Academy Award-nominated director Mamoru Hosoda tells the exhilarating story of a shy teenager who becomes an online sensation as a princess of pop. Still grieving over a childhood tragedy, Suzu has a difficult time singing in public or talking to her crush at school. Yet, when she takes on the persona of her glittering pink-haired avatar, Belle, in this parallel virtual universe known as the You, her insecurities magically disappear. As her star begins to rise, Belle-slash-Suzu finds herself drawn to another You fan favorite, a scary but soulful monster whose real identity, like Belle's, becomes a source of fascination for legions. Both a knowing riff on the Beauty and the Beast fairy tale and a moving commentary on the duality of contemporary living, Belle is a thrilling journey into the Matrix in a deeply human, coming-of-age story, packed with unforgettable images and wonderfully styled characters. Let's go to the talk. This Film at Lincoln Center episode is brought to you by Terror Contagion for your consideration best documentary short. Academy Award winner Laura Poitras teams with Forensic Architecture to expose the NSO Group, an Israeli cyber weapons firm whose spyware has enabled corrupt governments to terrorize activists and journalists, including the unconscionable murder of Jamal Khashoggi. Terror Contagion is a powerful, urgent look at the rising threat of the surveillance state and its worldwide implications. Hyperallergic raves that Terror Contagion is bracing. It drives home the devastating psychological impact of being surveilled. Now available in the Academy Screening Room. Hi, I'm Rachel Rosen. I'm on the selection committee for the New York Film Festival. Uh, and it's my great pleasure to now uh, welcome the director of Bell, Momoru Hosoda. And we also have Mikey McNamara here who's going to help us uh, with some interpretation. Uh, so I usually like to start at the very beginning. And I think I've read uh, in a few places that this is a film that you've wanted to make for some time. And so I'm just wondering if you can talk about what the original inspiration was to want to make this story.ベースにね、18世紀のフランスとモアタイ、ビジョテ あの、
自分なりのビジョテージを作ることができました。それがこのベルっていう映画です。ありがとうございます。The movie Bell, of course, is、uh, inspired by Beauty and the Beast, the 18th century、uh, French story. And I personally really love John Cocteau's interpretation of the, of the story.、Um, that was, of course, I think Beast was really. Represented in, in a lovely fashion. But what really impacted me quite heavily was, of course, 1991 Disney's Beauty and the Beast, where I happened to、uh, have graduated a university at the time and just joined an animation studio. But it was a real challenge kind of transitioning into that animation studio environment. So a few times I thought, well, maybe animation is just not for me and considered quitting the industry entirely. Uh, but this movie wowed me so much that it gave me a second win to possibly try harder. And it is what convinced me to stay in the animation industry. So I always told myself someday I was going to do my interpretation of Beauty and the Beast in, in some form or fashion. And here, here we are 30 years later, and I was finally able to、um, realize it's that. It's interesting. Of course, it's very special for us at the New York Film Festival because the Disney's Beauty and the Beast was screened at the festival in 1991 as a work in progress. And it was a、mm. sort of remarkable time because at the time, animation wouldn't have been considered a normal、um, kind of film to show at this festival.、Uh, so it's just such a pleasure to have this reflection、uh, of that、um, through your film.、Um, I'm, I'm wondering.、Um, Why you felt like this was the right moment when you could finally do that tribute after so many years? Now, Rachel said that the work in progress is a very good thing. It's a very good thing. It's a very good thing. It's a very good thing. すごくどうやってディズニーがあの長編アニメーション映画を作ってるかっていうこのプロセスが分かるようなあの、まあ、あのまあ絵コンテのカットがあったりとか、えー、まだ色がついてないカットがあったりとかそういうものを見ながらそれでもやっぱ高い技術によることを、まあ、僕はあのアニメーションの世界に入ったばっかりの時に見て非常に、えー、勉強になったっていう,う、まあ、思い出ですもう何十回もあのそのウォーキングプログレス版は見てるんですね。それで、まあ、あの後半の質問ですけどもあのどうして今現代になったかっていうと「えーまあ、ビオテヤジュ」っていうのは非常にこう、まあ、時代とともに非常にこうなんていうのかなもう、まあ、内容が更新されているような作品だと思うんです。まあもともとは18世紀のフランスですから一種の封建社会の中での。えーまあ、男女の関係、まあ、女性の在り方っていうのはあったと思うんですけども、えー、僕の記憶では91年版の「ビオテア・ジュは非常にこうベルっていうのがあの非常に現代的に描かれててとても生き生きして魅力的だったと思いますで,でもそれでも30年前ですよね1991年そこからさらに、えー、時代が更新していろんな、えーまあ、価値観、えーまあ、人権的な問題さまざまなことが、えー、と変化変化の途中にある、えー、今の、まあ、現代の、うん、世界の中で、えー、もう一度こう、ビオテア10っていうものを
あの通して、えーそのまあ、価値観がどういうふうに変わっていったか、まあ、もしくはそういう中でも18世紀から変わらないものっていうのはどういうものなのか、変わっていくものと変わらないもの、その両方を、えー、考えるために今、ビジョテア銃を、えー、作るっていうことに大きな意義があると思って作りました。Incidentally, I、uh, too saw that work in progress version that, that you're referring to. And、uh, if I recall, it, it was supposed to be completed in time for the festival, but they couldn't. So there was some footage or certain portions and scenes that、uh, was still either storyboard or it lacked color at the time. So I was just admiring the level of skill of the animators who were able to, to put this film together. And I, I've watched it a dozen times to, or dozens of times, really. To be honest, to kind of almost study and break down this very high level of、uh, animation skill. And to, to your question about why now, why is it important to, to reinterpret this now? I think the story of Beauty and the Beast is something that almost requires kind of constant updating in accordance with the time and, and the era. The original story being、uh, 18th century France, I think there was a much different image of femininity as well as the relationship between man and a woman. And I think Disney's interpretation of Belle, of course, she's a very attractive heroine in, in that particular movie, but it has been 30 years since that movie was released. And I believe values have shifted over time as well as new issues have arisen in human rights. Space. So I think there was another major shift that has happened since that version. So I thought perhaps you know, we can kind of reevaluate our social climate through this lens of Beauty and the Beast and see what values have changed since 18th century France, what hasn't changed. I thought it was a very interesting subject to explore. Yeah, I, I agree. And one of the things I find so interesting about the film is the way. Those social values are communicated in this film through technology. And one of the things I really appreciate about this film and many of your other films is that,、um, unlike a lot of modern films,、um, it allows to explore both the positive and negative aspects of technology today. And I'm just wondering,、uh, it's not really a question, but I'm just wondering if you could really talk a little bit about、uh, technology and how you think it factors into this story、um, in its good and positive and negative aspects. この映画、まあ、この現代に美女と野獣を作るにあたって、どういう切り口で作るかと考えて思いついたのは、インターネット世界の中で美女と野獣をやったらどうなるかってことを考えました。で、あのまあ、僕は美女と野獣の中でも野獣は好きなんですけど、野獣のこう、まあ、凶暴な外見に対して、非常にこう、まああのまあ、心の方は、まあ、臆病だったり、まあ、優しかったりっていうふうにする。まあ、一種の二重性が非常にあるキャラクターですよね、野獣っていうのは。で、そういうことと、このインターネットをまあ僕らまあ接続して、例えば SNS なんかに接続すると、本当の自分とまあ SNS 上の自分、インターネット上の自分っていうのは、やっぱりこう二重性がある、ちょっとこうまあ同じようでいって、いや、微妙にやっぱりそれはその立ち位置やまあ言動が違うっていう、そういう二重性がこう響き合うんじゃないかと思って。
美女と野獣とインターネット社会っていう、まあ、僕は現代のインターネット社会っていうのは非常にこう、あのー、しっくり合わさっていくんじゃないかなっていう、えー、切り口で作ることをしました。で、あのそのインターネット世界っていうのは、やっぱり僕、まあ、20年前からこの、ね、インターネットを舞台に、えー、映画を作ってますが、やはりこう、あのーまあ、もちろんこう、ひまあ、非常に発展した面もあれば、同時にやっぱり、えー、日本では誹謗中傷問題、インターネットを通して非常にこう相手を攻撃するっていう問題がこう社会問題化してて、まあ、日本だけじゃない、あの全世界でそうだと思うんですけども、えー、そういう,こうあの、まあ、とってもこうあの激しい世界になっていると思います。そういう中で若い人が、そういう,こう、まあ、何か行動を起こすと、すぐになんかインターネットで戦えたりする、そういうことの中でどうやってそういうものを乗り越えて、彼らがこう新しい、この世界、インターネットの世界の中で自分の力を発揮していくのか、そういうようなことを、こう、まあ、彼ら、若い人、まあ、たちが、この世界で、えー、まあ、頑張って自分の、まあ、理想的な、えー、姿になるために頑張るってことを、なんかこう、まあ、応援するような意味でも、まあ、その、えー、インターネットのしんどい部分も含めて、両方描いたっていうことなんですね。ありがとうございます。When I was... Thinking about Beauty and the Beast in the context of our modern society, it gave me the idea of multiplying it or kind of contrasting it or putting it into the context of the internet for a very connected kind of world. And I personally really like the, the Beast oftentimes. And I think that's because on the X, it has a very violent or aggressive bestial appearance, whereas inside his heart or his mind, he has his own fears and he has his own. Kindness. And there is this really interesting duality that is happening within one character. And I believe that the same thing is happening with us as a, a species on the internet, where we have our true selves and then we have our projection of ourselves that we display or choose to display on the internet or this very connected network. And there are, of course, I think similarities and common denominators between both versions, but also very Contrasting and striking differences that you can find between yourself and, and your projection. So, when thinking about that, I thought this idea of Beauty and the Beast made a good complement to the internet kind of context or, or backdrop. And I've been tackling this idea of the internet or a very networked world since 20 years ago and in some of my other films as well. And I believe that. As the technology has developed quite a bit, and in our most modern iteration of it, it's become a very toxic environment where it's okay to attack people under the guise of anonymity. And I don't think this is a, a phenomenon unique to just Japan. I think it's a very worldwide almost、um, kind of phenomenon. It's become a very intense space, if you will. So I think it, it's really tough for a lot of our, our younger generations or a lot of our youth to. They come face to face and, and understand this. Where if something bad happens, they go on the internet and immediately bash their peers or vice versa. And that has somehow become、uh, acceptable. So I'm hoping that this movie can give these kids the idea or, or inspiration to overcome a lot of that and help them discover and really find and, and lean into their own unique strengths. And, Almost realize the ideal version of themselves. So I, I hope this movie can kind of 
cheer those cheer those kids on and, and give them a beacon of hope. Yeah, agree. Hi, I'm Clinton Crute. And I'm Devika Girish. We're the editors of Film Comment. The Film Comment Letter is a free weekly digital newsletter featuring original film criticism and writing by Film Comment's editors and brilliant contributors. The letter delivers exclusive features, reviews, interviews, streaming picks, news, and more directly to subscribers' inboxes every Thursday before they're published on filmcomment.com the following Monday. Sign up today at filmcomment.com to get the letter every week. Support independent film journalism. Support Film Comment. You can tell me if I'm reading too much into this. They also see in this portrayal a little bit of a metaphor for the creative process in that Bell or Suzu really is able to rediscover her own authentic self through the artificiality of this character. And yet the movie is also showing that the really, the power of that is in her authentic self. Um, I am just wondering if you uh, see any similarities uh, between you you as a creator of this uh, animated story and, and whether in some ways by creating the films that you create, uh, you're able to discover something authentic about yourself.あの、ま、え、
、まあ、おっしゃる通り、それはあの作り手にとっても、まあ、僕自身にとっても、確かにその作品を作ることによって、自分が考えてたことっていうのが、あの自分が思わぬ形で表現されて、あの自分の内面にこういうものがあったのかっていうことに気づく瞬間があると思うんですけど、まあ、それと同じようなことだと思います、おっしゃる通り。あ、Would have her book,、uh, you know, her head in a book, very quiet, gloomy atmosphere. And I think us people or humans really look at the only way we can understand someone else right now is through their self expression or their projection of themselves. And without the internet, all you can see is that self expression surrounding the, the person or character and their immediate surrounding. So, My question is, are people really that one dimensional? Is she really just a quiet character? Is she really just this gloomy character through and through? I would argue against that. And I think I do believe there are other versions or other interpretations of ourselves that simply cannot see because of the limitations of self expression that ha have been given to us. So through the internet, I think people can almost discover new aspects or, or angles of. Themselves and it helps that person realize something that perhaps they did not even know about themselves through some projection on the internet. And take for example, and that person could give your true self strength or encourage your true self in, in some way.、Uh, take Belle, for example, in, in the movie, there are many scenes, of course, where she's singing on stage with a, a lot of confidence, and Suzu experiencing this. As Belle, I think, was able to give herself strength in a way. So, by projecting strength and confidence through Belle, it came full circle and, in a way, gave her strength. So, I think humans are much more multi dimensional than perhaps our, our normal range of self expression allows us to be. And perhaps the internet is a, a tool that can help get the reflection. Of that. And to your point about it being a metaphor for the creative process,、uh, I haven't <laughs> given it that much thought, but I, I do agree that certain times I discover something unexpected through the process of creating a movie、uh, about myself.、Um, I would love for you to speak a little bit about、uh, these two very vibrant. Vibrant but very different worlds that are portrayed in the movie, and、uh, how you conceived of the world of you, and, and how that would be different from the real world of、uh, Suzu uh, visually, how you would distinguish them. その仮想上の仮想空間 U の中心で歌う歌姫であるっていうふうに設定したときにその彼女の正体は誰かって考えるときに全く真反対の場所に住んでる意外な人物だろうと思ったんです、えー、つまりはその世界の中心にいる人物があの、まあ、中の人っていうかねあのその正体っていうのはすごく世界の果てに住んでるあの
、まあ、人なんじゃないか、なんかこう、とっても山奥にいて、あの橋の上にぽつんと人が佇んでるような絵が浮かびました。えー、そのぐらいこう、対比させる。つまりその、なんかこう、で、まあ、その状況そのものが彼女のなんかこう、動機だったり、えー、まあ、求めるべきものっていうのをそれぞれ反映してるっていうふうに、えー、考えながら作りましたそうなんですよねだからその、まあ、ベルの、まあ、中にいる本当の姿をは誰かっていうところがそれ、まあ、まあその人が東京にいるとはとても思えないんですねあの東京にいる人はきっとベルにはなれないだろうっていうふうに僕は思いますだからこそその世界っていうのは非常に広くて、えー、非常にこうにぎやかなところがあればそうでもないところがあるでそれがまあどっちがいいかという二項対立じゃなくて非常にこうその世界の広さっていうのを表現するのにその極端な二つの世界を描こうと思ったんですね。Bell is this songstress at basically the center of this world. There's five billion active users in the internet universe of you. And a big question is, well, who is this person? And that becomes a very central theme in kind of realizing or understanding how, who could possibly be behind this avatar. And I wanted to position the person moving her in a complete, almost opposite contrasting dynamic, because on the one hand, you have this figure who is at the center of the world. And the person who is directly tied to that figure lives on the very, very outskirts, very edge of the world. And what is basically a dying village that with uh, you know, the average age and population kind of dwindling it is um, uh, not long probably for, for this uh, world. So I saw this imagery of a girl standing alone on this bridge, kind of really gloomy and depressed. And this very extreme contrast between the two worlds um, I, is what helped me kind of compartmentalize or keep the two worlds uh, apart. And I also believe that Suzu's circumstance is also what led to her motivation in a way. And I don't think the world expected the person behind Bell to live in such an environment, but I would argue someone in a major metropolitan city like Tokyo, for example, couldn't possibly become Bell because of the environment that, that surrounds them. So yeah, I wanted to really show that you can have this extreme metropolitan mega cities and those areas that are not. And, Really show people that the world is bigger than than we might realize, and and more unexpected than we might realize. Um, I I'd love it if you could talk a little bit about some of the collaborations um, involved in this film. It's really a remarkable team of people you're working with, including uh, worked on a number of very known and beloved Disney movies, but also the animators from Cartoon Saloon, uh, who I guess had a Oscar nominated movie on the circuit the same year you also had an Oscar nominated movie last year. So Tom Moore and Ross Stewart, um, and just sort of your idea of involving all these incredible talents in, in the creation of this film. 
。そうですね。まあ、そもそも、まあ、僕も、あの、あの、さっきも言いました通り、その91年版の美女と野獣が、あの、をつ、が非常に好きで、それはその、それを作った、えー、まあ、グレン・キーンという人ですね。あの、野獣のキーアニメーターだった、えー、グレン・キーンを、まあ、アニメーターとして非常に、えーまあ、30年間尊敬してまいりました、あのー、彼の表現力、アニメーションの、えー、を非常に華やかに、えー、素晴らしく見せる力っていうのに憧れてまい、えー、りました。まあ、なので、まあその、自分なりの美女と野獣を作ろうと思ったときに、まあその、挨拶に行ったんですね、グレン・キーンさんに、はじめましてってあの、あなたのことをずっと尊敬しましたけども。えーえー、新しい僕なりの美女たちを作ろうと思いますっていうふうなことを言いに行ったんですけども、えー、彼はまあちょうどその,その時、えー、制作中の、えー、とオーバー・ザ・ムーンっていうねあのネットフリックスの映画を制作中だったんですけど話を聞いてくれて頑張ってくれっていうふうに、えー、言ってくれて嬉しかったですでその時に実は、えー、とジン・キムさんと会ったんですねジン・キムさんはそのオーバー・ザ・ムーンの、えー、キャラクターデザイナーでえー、グレン・キーンさんと一緒に仕事をしてた。で、僕はもちろん、その、グレン・キーンさんも、まあ、長年大好きだったですけども、その、ジン・キムさんの、この、ここ10年、15年ぐらいの、えー、っと、ディズニーの、えー、映画を非常にこう、洗練されたキャラクターで、えー、作った、えー、やはり尊敬する素晴らしいアニメーター、デザイナーだと思っていたので、やはり、その、ジン・キムさんに、あの、会えてとても嬉しかった。そして、思わず、まあ、あのもし機会があったら一緒にお仕事を支えてもらえたら嬉しいっていうようなことを、えー、言いました。で、まあ、かあのでジン・キムさんも、ああ、もしあの機会があればぜひっていうふうに言ってくださって、まあ、それからまあ、非常にこう、あのでそれがまあ、その場限りの社交辞令ではなくて、本当に実際に一緒に仕事をして、この、あのシナリオをもとにベルっていうのはどういう人物かどういう外見かどういう、えー、魂の持ち主なのかっていうのを一緒に考えながらデザインすることができましたとても光栄な、えー、体験でしたまあ同じように、えーまあ、トム・ムーア監督ともですね非常にこうまああのー、なんだインディペンデントなプロダクションで映画を作ってそれをこう世界のいろんな人たちに見てもらおうっていうそういう、えー、姿勢が僕らのスタジオスタジオ上地図とすごく近いものがあると思って、えー、非常にこう協力して一緒にやっていこうっていうふうなことを話して、えー、それで、えー、今回のコラボレーションが実現しました非常にこの映画たくさんの、えーまあ、恵まれたあの多くの,あの、まあ、コラボレーションがあってとてもそれは贅沢な映画だと思います。はい。うん。I, of course, really, really love the 1991 Disney's Beauty and the Beast. And、uh, one of the key animators, Glenn Keane,、uh, he was the key animator for the Beast. I, I've had an immense amount of respect for him over the last 30 years and just what he is able to do and the range of expression that he brings to the animation, to the screen. It's just, for me personally, un- unprecedented. So When I decided I was going to make my own interpretation of Beauty and the Beast, I went to go see him and I wanted to kind of say hi and let him know, hey, I plan to, to do this. And he, of course, was working on Over the Moon at the time. And he told me, well, good, best of luck to you. And from there, I was very fortunate enough to be able to meet Gene Kim 
and you know we talked. He, he's doing character design uh, on Over the Moon for for Glenn, but you know he kind of also really established the visual look or, or language of Disney characters design in a way over the last 10 to 15 years. So as a character designer, I have, of course, a, a lot of uh, respect for what, what he's done as well. And then we just left it at, you know, if there's ever a chance for us to work together, perhaps someday. And uh, Gene Kim was very, very kind and said, sure, if the opportunity presents itself. And I was very fortunate. I thought at the time, well, maybe these are just formalities that you say to people whenever you meet another creator. But uh, thankfully, it didn't end at, at just that. And with this Beauty and the Beast, we had the chance to really explore what kind of character Belle was going to play. Who, who is Belle, really? And digging deeper and deeper together with uh, Gene Kim, we were able to kind of discover the, the essence that he transformed that into uh, the design that he did. So it was a huge honor for me to be able to go through this process. And I would say similarly uh, with Tom Moore, he of course has his own independent animation studio, if you were in this very small studio is broadcasting movies to the world, which I think is a very similar setup to what we have here at, uh, at Studio Chizu. So as fellow independent animated feature film studios you know I was very happy to be able to to work together and collaborate uh, with him and almost kind of combine our strengths or project what we wanted to into the world and uh, I think this movie in that way had very fortunate collaborations in many unexpected areas and uh, was a very kind of extravagant in terms of talent uh, movie. Mm, well thank you so much. I have many more questions I could ask you, but uh, we have a limited amount of time since this will be actually in a theater. Um, so thank you so much uh, for the movie uh, and for joining us to share your thoughts about it. Yeah,あの、本当にありがとうございます。あの、そうですね。本当に言えばコロナ禍でなければね、あのニューヨークに行ってオーディエンスの皆さんと。そしてレイチェルさんと一緒にこの映画のことをあのま、色々お伝えしたかったんですけども、え、今回オンラインっていう風なことで、え、でもそれでもあの、この映画がどうやってできたか、どういうえ、ここ差しで作られてるかっていう
an Israeli cyber weapons firm whose spyware has enabled corrupt governments to terrorize activists and journalists, including the unconscionable murder of Jamal Khashoggi. Terror Contagion is a powerful, urgent look at the rising threat of the surveillance state and its worldwide implications. Hyperallergic raves that terror contagion is bracing. It drives home the devastating psychological impact of being surveilled. Now available in the Academy Screening Room.